Ian, welcome back, buddy. Long time no welcome see. Welcome back. How are you? God, man, I don't know how you survived an entire year in the woods after that fish show you went to, but uh, you're yeah. back. Yeah, we got lost, and uh, I just kind of stuck around. I found some forest critters. Um, they took me in, um, got in their van. Uh, they started reading some scriptures to me. Um, the I kinda, forest I mean, it critters had a van? It kind of makes people sense. had a van? Who well, had the it van? Was a, it, was, it was a little fuzzy on who had the van, and ownership is a little weird in this scene, so yeah. I couldn't really tell. Free love, um, man. Nobody owned the van. Yeah, it's it's a lot of free love. and The lot situation of owned the van. <laughs> Yeah, we were really just part of the moving um, freedom, essentially, is what they called it. They, All they, right, man. You know, yeah. But the, the weird thing was they, they, they strapped me in, like, chained me for a bit and wouldn't let me leave. Um, well, that's pretty so, But out. now I, 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 I finally got out. I convinced out of the, let me out of the So we're back now. Back well, on that's the boot. good. That's good. Good to hear it. Um, meanwhile, our uh, other partner in crime, Nigel, is still going full-blown Donnie Thornberry somewhere. We have no idea. If you see him, call someone. Alert the authorities, because we really have no idea where that dude is. Yeah, uh, we would really like to find our missing friend. Tell um, him we love him. Tell him we love him. Yeah, if you, uh, if you see him, uh, grab him and run. Um, Rumor with, is he'll be here by Tim Stock. I think he'll he'll make it to Tim Stock somehow. I think there was a carrier pigeon sent. Uh, people have been buying tickets for him for all sorts of stuff. We're just expecting he comes back. You know, like kind of like yeah. the geese when they migrate back uh, east or north. Yeah, last or last I saw it did a really smart move that I will reveal on the pa- on the podcast right now. I I implanted a biological chip inside his skin. Um, so we're tracking him as we speak. He's on a he's on a pretty big leash, but we know where he is it, to some extent. Yeah. Um, he has had this issue. He started scratching at his skin heavily, so uh, some of the some of the chips have fallen out. But that's why I put in multiple. Yeah. Um. But we will get him to Timstock. Uh. We are taking uh gambling odds at Timstock on Nigel's uh, appearance. Yeah. So. And everything else that you can gamble on, anything and everything that you want to gamble on, you can gamble on. Yeah. We we will have a booth set up. Um, this is probably exclusive to Tim as well. Hey, Timmy, if you're listening, we're, we're setting up a gambling booth at your uh, music festival or whatever this thing is. So be prepared. I got the green visors to support it. Uh, since we're promoting, since we're just doing a shameless promotion right now, do you actually know when the event is? Um, I think it's sometime in June. Let me look it up right now. Service is um, really bad in my bunker here, so I just there's no way. I'm like 30 feet underground in a LSD yeah. silo right now, so... 
Okay, here it is. Please be um, careful. Camped over three sets of music uh, by Bears Choice, May 16th and 17th. Uh, Dover Plains, New York, hosted by T Millions. Get your tickets, folks. Go buy it. Yeah, go be there. Support go hang the out community. With Timmy. Support Timmy. It looks sweet. Dirt cheap tickets for a weekend of uh, degeneracy. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, lots of cool vendors, I'm sure. Lots of people selling their wares, their tie dyes, their jewelry. It'll be fantastic. And the best part about this, we weren't paid for this promotion yet. Not at yet. all. We were not yet, yet compensated yes. for this. As of the time of this recording, I have not been compensated to tell you about this. <laughs> we yeah. will add an addendum to the recording if this changes otherwise. But as of yeah. now, we uh, it still stands, as Shad mentioned. Yeah, but Shad, it. welcome back to uh, Booth Boys. Isn't this great? It back, is, man. It's good back to be back on audio saddle. medium. It's good to be back in the saddle. I hope, uh, I hope we can continue this trend. Um, as always, we have absolutely nothing to talk about. Um, we got a few notes that may take us, but, uh, focus today. I'm just telling you, and I'm just like really trying to get on the mic, really trying to get some stuff going. So for better, or for worse, you'd probably be extremely bored by this. Uh, we're going to do some sports topics off the top sports. They're like, oh yeah, Nigel's gone. Of course, these two white chads are just going to sit here and talk about sports and gambling. Tell us about your favorite it's, baseball it's, it's, pitch. A favorite baseball pitcher, Roberto Clemente. RIP oh, the man. A good one. That's a good one. Speaking of baseball, what a ridiculous sport ran by a bunch of <laughs> old men who just like, they act like the internet doesn't exist. And like, uh, you know, they're one of those people. The commissioner of baseball is one of those guys who says, because I said so. He's one of those people. And it's 2020. You can't really just tell people because I said so. That's not a really good one. So unless you've been living under a rock. Uh, the Astros cheated in baseball. How do you cheat in baseball? I don't really know. Uh, I was never good enough at baseball for it. Like, you could have told me the pitch that was coming. It wouldn't matter. I was still probably going to jump out of the way. Um, yeah, the somehow, Astros- somehow, they created, somehow they created some type of Rube Goldberg machine where they're smashing yeah. on trash cans, and it magically makes the ball go somewhere else. Yes. Um, the real it- problem in crime here is these are grown men wearing pajamas in daylight yeah. in front of thousands of people. Um, and think they some, can just get away with this. Some grown men in pajamas used a Morse code device uh, to <laughs> communicate. And I guess that's the idea, right? Uh, it's the pitches. So you know if an off-speed pitch is coming, so that way you can prepare prepare for it. And you know if, like, a regular speed pitch is coming, right? But like a all fastball, the, they call it. Yeah, the story came out and people were like, <laughs> yeah, fastball. The story came out and people were like, they're beating on trash cans. you realize how ridiculous that would be in 2020? All of the money that is involved in Major League Baseball, and you're going to tell me somebody beat on a trash can? They're sitting over there like uh, fucking they're in a drum circle somewhere, just like steel drumming it? No. Yeah, I don't you're understand. That. The the best part is the, the slander from all the players and, and what they're saying about everyone. They're just coming for their heads. I yeah, just that's need, I just fantastic. Yeah, I you can feel gamble on how many times the Astros team is going to get hit by pitches. It is astronomically high well, by the other team. So that's one of the biggest uh, the biggest deals with this is it Rob his name's Rob Manfred, right? Rob Hammerhead yeah. Manfred. That's his nickname uh, as far Rob as I'm Deirdre. concerned. So, so Rob Deerdeck Hammerhead, um, the commissioner of baseball, he's basically come out and been nothing uh, nothing but uh, help 
to everybody against him. He's coming out here and he said it's just a, it's just a silly trophy. It's just a commissioner's trophy. And they're like, oh, it's just a hunk of metal is what he called it. Called the trophy a hunk of metal. Like who cares about a hunk of metal anyway? Good one. But now he's also, uh, I think, threatened to protect the Astros. So that if you hit the Astros, there will be, like, immense fines for your players that the organization won't want to deal with. Which is absolutely incredible that uh, the commissioner has doubled down on not punishing the Astros to the point yeah, where... Yeah, it's a very heady play. And yeah. The Astros just messed everything. They, I, I applaud the Astros for what they did. I also applaud them for not apologizing. More so apologizing that they got caught for cheating. Yeah. Um, they'll do a better job next time. They'll learn from their mistakes. As will everyone else. Yeah, they're hilarious. They have they did like a week of the worst press run. Like they, their press run was uh, I would I would relate it to uh, the press run of uh, Clinton after the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I did <laughs> not have sexual relations with that woman because what the guy said was like it may or that uh, those things may or may not impact a game. Like they would they would if you knew the bitches. It's like I don't know. I can't say that definitively. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, yeah. The other, the other one that's funny, I forget, is Jose Altuve that's running around saying he had a horrible tattoo on his chest yeah. trying to hide the microphone. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll believe it. He seems dumb enough to get a really bad tattoo. Yeah, yeah, he got really drunk, and like in Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen yeah. Kingpin? <laughs> yeah, he gets a tattoo on his chest. He's like, oh, and he turns around, there's just an even yeah. bigger tattoo on his back. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, I, the God. funny thing is, too, because, like, I don't watch baseball, but... The fact that the only exciting things that have ever happened in baseball uh, have been scandals leads me to believe that this is happening everywhere. Like, why oh, it would it's it's just funny that, like, uh, we think that cheating only like steroids. That's the only way to cheat. Like, there are so many ways to cheat. People like the Astros have entire statistician teams like the players don't even have to watch film. They just get numbers. Like you, back in the day, you used to have to like do the shit yourself and watch some film and break it down. Yeah. Now you just get a stat report because you have 60 people whose job it is to tell you when he throws pitches and what you know what his tendencies are. How are these players supposed to remember all of this when the ball is coming at their face at 98 miles an hour? They're That's, literally standing uh, in that box fighting for survival with a wooden bat. How, how am I supposed to remember all this shit? That was really the most interesting uh, stat that I had heard, or not stat, but bit of information. It was David Sampson was talking about um, the Marlins hired, not Barry Larkin, but uh, Jesus Christ. Who's the dude who hit all the home runs? 73 of them. Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds. They hired Barry Bonds to be their hitting coach. And Barry Bonds was, like, getting frustrated with the Marlins players because they couldn't see the laces on the pitcher's hand before the ball released so barry bonds could literally from 60 or 60 feet away or maybe it's 90 feet the pitcher's mound i think from that distance yep. he could see the lace rotation before the ball left the pitcher's hand that's superhero shit you can't do that like that's super x-ray vision so like he had to learn while teaching people like no barry people can't see like that like you're an actual freak yeah, who's this Jameis Winston got LASIK to try and fix that? Maybe it'll help him. Maybe he's going to be uh, NFL MVP now. He is. He's he's going to yeah. uh, go to the Patriots <laughs> and win the Super Bowl. He's going to replace Tom Brady. But yeah, the baseball thing's funny to me because I think everybody's cheating. I can't imagine that uh, there's one person who's not stealing signs and not doing everything they can. Yeah. Like, it's just a weird sport. 
sport because there's so many different factors like football and basketball it's you running up and down the court you know there aren't a lot of elements where you can cheat yeah baseball you cork your bat you're stealing signs you're filing balls you're using yeah. pine rods like, there's so people many... are tucked away too yeah. many too many people tucked away you got the, like, the, the pitching area over there in the outfield yeah. you got the dugout underneath the stadium we need to just put everyone in the open yeah it's yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> It's ridiculous. But that is more baseball talk than I want to do in the rest of my life. I really that was good. That's 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 the decades. Uh, that's the decades worth of baseball talk for you here um, from the Booth Boys. Yeah, it's it's great. I think that's that's about all we need to do for baseball. We will yeah. we will touch base again um, once steroids are back in baseball and allowed. That's about yeah. the next time I'll talk about baseball. Yeah, yeah. One of these days when it turns into MLB Slugfest and they like legitimately rename the league to just Slugfest, I'll watch. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch. Yeah, I'll watch. Which I don't want to talk about it much, but it this is a good branding idea. I think the XFL names are fantastic. I think that a lot of these uh, like like renegades and weird shit like that. I I love those names. They're so much better than the Eagles or you know. I, the Brewers is a good baseball name. I'll I'll stick with that. Yeah. But yeah. Let's, let's no, rebrand. Rebrand. That's yeah. No, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, you've got the Memphis Maniacs, Las Vegas. Or these are the old ones. Yeah, these are great. Orlando Rage, uh, Las Vegas Outlaws, San Francisco Demons. Like, come on, man. I mean, it's it's like minor league baseball teams. Those are good names. Like That's you got beautiful. the Diamond. Yeah, you, you got you. Who you got? I don't dust even know the names. I know they're good. I know they're good though. I went to a Dust Devils game this summer. I went to uh, Iron Pigs game this summer. I did quite a few minor league games. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, there. who are the insane? Who are the insane humans going to every minor league stadium? They, they got to be out there. Well, minor league baseball is kind of cool because like it has to be a gimmick because they they don't have the names that get you to the big league ballparks. Yeah. Um, where my sister used to live in uh, Pennsylvania, they had one of like the top three minor league uh, parks in the country, I think. And it was, I mean, it was an event. They had Stanley from the Office was there, and it was the, this night. And they had candy covered bacon, and they got everything. It was such oh a gimmick. Gosh. It was just yeah. such a gimmick. But there were more people there than at like uh, some of the Reds games we go to on a Tuesday night, you know? Oh but yeah, they yeah, yeah. Sold yeah. out because of Stanley from the Office. Yeah. Crazy. Well, from one uh, arcane um, sport to another, we've got the it's just got it's college basketball season. Ian, you're watching some games. You're gambling on oh, some it's games. Oh, trash. It's definitely <laughs> not. I do not gamble on 18 year olds. Um, these these children uh, play basketball for 40 minutes and go straight to the locker room and text women take? all day. Yeah, is that a moral stance that you're taking? No, it's or a, you it's just a, don't it's trust a probability them. stance. I don't <laughs> yeah, trust yeah. them. Yeah, I, I do not trust these people. Kid. They're not professionals. They're not getting paid. They're not professionals. That's that's what a professional is. You get paid. These guys are anti-getting paid. You have to pay the NCAA to play. So this is the exact antithesis of gambling for me. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, speaking of uh, paying uh, athletes, he, Michael Avenatti. He's in. What's what happened to that dude? You remember he tried to shake. Oh, he just lost. That's what it was. So he yeah, tried he just to shake. Lost. A, yeah, he tried to shake Nike down because there was this big deal where he had found out that Nike had paid, I think it was literally uh, Zion Williams' mom, like 60K yeah. uh, to have like some 
BS job at some summer camp. So it's just a $60,000 payoff for her son to, you know, yeah. go to a Nike yeah. school. Because that's how that works. Yeah. They can't pay the kids. they got to yeah. pay the parents. So yeah. Michael what Avenatti, was... what is it? Go, 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 go. Well, he just accused Nike of doing this. And then Nike was like, motherfucker, well, you don't got any receipts for that. Like, let me see it. Let me see it. And they found Michael Avenatti guilty of, uh, I don't know if it was slander. Or, I mean, something, you know, big ordeal. That's That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was trying to, I was trying to think of who, who, who the person was that, uh, had that, had that alleged scandal against EA sports, um, with the video games. It was some oh, college player Yeah. So, um, framing, framing that they were using his getting money off of his name and Jersey, obviously. Um, but the, but the funny thing is like, we, we would play those and we grew up in Athens. So we'd, we'd play with like Ohio university and we know all the players, but half the team was just opposite colors of what oh, their yeah. ethnicity was just to like get around all that stuff. Yeah. So it was obviously so, true. Yeah. It was so funny. Well, the, you know, the only reason they, uh, it was NCA versus, um, I got to find this out because it's going to fucking kill me if I don't. God, what was yeah, his I name? Remember who it was. Uh, this DJ is not, Bandcamp? not good radio. You find it. Uh, Ed O'Bannon. Ed O'Bannon. Ed O'Bannon. It was Ed O'Bannon. Yeah. So yeah, Ed O'Bannon sued because he had some like record for like most points scored. It's some weird game, and it was like an unlockable feature within the game that you could like play as Ed O'Bannon, and he's just like a 35 year old dude with no money, and they're like, well, that's me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but the only reason that that because um, they subpoenaed tons of emails and all sorts of records from uh, EA Sports. And the only way that they were able to get them is because you know how they had the touchdown celebrations in the games that you could like mm-hmm. put the code in, like R1, R2, triangle up, down. Yeah. One of the celebrations was referred to in an email as T-Bowing. So that is the oh, only great. way because they linked an actual player to uh, that was the only thing that they could find. Like because you, what you just said, they would switch races around. They would not use names. It'd be halfback thirty-two. It's like everybody yeah. knew who the fuck it was. Like, yeah, no joke there. But I mean, that's the thing that's insane. And we were talking about it off uh, air. It's like the NCAA punished Chase Young two games because his somebody gave him money. To give to his girlfriend so she could go to the game. Not like he needed money to like pay his rent, which I think is fine. Too. Any I think if Chase, yeah, he, it's not like he was going to get tattoos. Which, if you're paying Chase Young and he takes his money, to go get tattoos. I don't care. Like I don't okay, have problems yeah, with yeah. this. Yeah, the NCAA, they're gonna have their little issue with this. But I personally, I'm like, you, you perform like the NCAA. It really is mind blowing that the NCAA has created this bubble where if you accept any money for your talent which absolutely goes against the fundamentals of capitalism i believe i mean i could be wrong and at least the free market yeah at least free market uh you know the free market enterprise but oh my god it's so frustrating and you were telling me about uh what's the guy's name from memphis wiseman yeah yeah what's that story oh yeah he he uh what do you get? He got suspended because of who's the who's the coach? Penny Hardaway for yeah, Memphis, just Memphis tired, Tigers. Yeah, yeah. They, they, so he met, uh, Penny Hardaway helped this dude James Wiseman, uh, just like help his family move for like twelve grand in high school, like way before he was a coach. All that shit. They found out, um, suspended him for the whole season this year, and now he's had to go and find eleven grand because the NCAA fined James Wiseman. So now he had to go work some menial job somewhere. 
and find Menial a job in air yeah, quote, quote unquote someone someone found a better way to give this man money um somebody he put 12 it. grand in a tree and he went and picked it up yeah yeah the funny thing is he tried to start a gofundme he raised all of the money and they couldn't use it so yeah he, <laughs> isn't that incredible like he, he was just he was just like trying he was just like oh i can do a gofundme this will work but no yeah. what a crime dude, dude. I, a business where coaches make ten million dollars a year and the kid can't start a GoFundMe to pay back. You find the kid. You find <laughs> a kid who can't make money. Who you have yeah. set laws like, hey, you can't have a job. Good one, Ian. I think I don't know this for sure, but I think even that kid going and getting a job to pay it back is illegal because he's an amateur. He's not allowed to have a job. Those kids aren't allowed yeah. to work. Like. Except I think because there's some rule you can work X amount of hours, but it has to be like it has to be sanctioned at the university. The it department. has to be like yeah, yeah. you have to be like zombie mind at the library doing yeah. front desk work probably. Or like you know, uh, he, he had to go pay it off. He had to go pay it off yeah. because he was off the team now. Um, but uh, big fuck you to the NCAA. He's going to be the number one NBA draft pick probably. So yeah, well, and that's why we need to get the D League or something going. And I, I'm glad that the. Uh, the ball kid left for Europe. I think it's a great move. Fuck the NCAA. Yeah. You know, you get these self-righteous dudes like in a coach K and John B line who just made it four months in the NBA because yeah. his slave owning tactics don't work <laughs> with grown men I who make say, more money than you. I will say getting the red carpet treatment for probably about two to $300,000 in Europe in your mid twenties. Isn't a bad idea. Free no, car, free place to live. Old dude. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is go, go make modern some money day, in Europe. It's modern day traveling abroad. Like you yeah. are robbing the kids of cultural experiences by telling them they need to go to fucking go to Tobacco Road and pay, play for Coach K in some gym with five thousand people. You don't need to do that. And make yeah, no, this is this is new way travel, new way of travel. Let's go yeah. hang out with uh, Vampire Man Rick Patino in Greece in the Mediterranean and eat some yeah, eat some man. fish, some Branzino over there. Who is the? There was a kid in last year's uh, class who um, he's managed by uh, one of those dudes in LeBron's camp. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, I don't know the kid. Rich no. Paul. He's one of Rich Paul's. Rich Paul. Uh, Rich yeah. Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's represented by Rich Paul, and he didn't go. He went to Europe and took a Nike or took a shoe deal, and this was like yep. a huge deal because he was like one of the top three kids. And it was like, well, do you think it's gonna work? And they're like. Yeah, NBA teams are going to take this kid. Like, nobody cares that the kid doesn't play, like, competitive college basketball for a year. That doesn't matter. Like, yeah. all of these... all of the these, internet. Yeah. All of this stuff is based on, like, uh, combine performances. Anyway, like, so much of, like, athletic scouting now is just about uh, statistics and numbers. It's like, what's your height? What's your speed? What's your, like, I don't, I don't even need to see you shoot a basketball. I'll pay you a million dollars just to show up. Based on you know the intangibles that you do have. Yeah, no, it's great, and then the internet bringing everything together for any athlete. You don't need to be anywhere. You'll be, if you're good, you're good. You'll find you. There's no there's no constraint of access. It just you suck, and you can keep lying to yourself. But I uh we played high school. Um, you and I both uh there was a, a Prater kid for uh, there were tons of Praters, oh yeah, but one of them there's locally a, the kid a litter the kid of Praters. Yeah, there was a kid that was a year younger than me. I think he was your age. Uh, Jalen is the kid's name. Uh, Jalen was never healthy in high school, like could never play any sports, football or basketball or baseball for that matter. He was always hurt having some weird surgery, but he went to Northwestern. 
He like legitimately yeah. played less than five uh, varsity football games and went to Northwestern to play linebacker just based on his combine performances and stuff and going to these camps and just being a monster. They're like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take a chance on that kid because it's all about exactly. especially college athletics. It's all about upside. You know, that, you that's what makes a good. Yeah. And that's what makes like uh, especially with college basketball. I feel like that's the argument. Like you can either get kids and develop them for three years and then get, you know, a good player. And like, that's one approach. Or you get like the Kentucky approach, which is just like, give me one and dones and we'll plug and play and we'll just make this work. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, even but enough that about, of it's enough about children though. Yes. Enough about children. I'm done with children. Uh, I'm done with breaking update. I got a, this is breaking news. Um, Joe Burrow just set a Mardi Gras record after completing 94% of his bead throws during uh, the parade today. That is... Wow, incredible. really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a new number. What's his QBR Drew Brees. I don't know. Drew Brees only uh, did 89% uh, the year they won the Super Bowl. So things are turning up for, things are turning up for Joe. It's crazy that we went a whole year of Booth Boys podcast without talking about the prodigal son. Because we were out here living it. Yeah. Uh, so yep. for those of yeah, for the people who don't know, Heisman Trophy winner quarterback Joe Burrow of the LSU Tigers is a hometown boy. He was born and raised, went to the same elementary school that Ian and I went to. Oh, not born here, but he was raised here. So uh, really exciting year for us, like absolutely incredible. And now we're getting into the really fun, spicy stuff where Joe has gone from, and we just talked about it, kids. They're kids. We can't. You can't accuse kids of assholes. You're not allowed to do that. That makes you a piece of shit if you're accusing yeah. kids of that. Well, Joe now is an adult, and Joe is looking at getting drafted in the NFL. And Joe's a very competitive person, and I think most people who play professional athletics are competitive people. Uh, but Joe's kind of in an interesting standpoint. Uh, he is a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback. Uh, he's a kid whose parents are, you know, they have jobs. He's not in a scenario where the family's waiting on this check where they're waiting to have all of their woes, you know, they're regular people. They're going to be all right. So Joe has not, has been less than interested, let's say, uh, in the proposition of going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Would you say that's fair? Very much so. Yeah. I don't want to put words yeah. in the man's mouth, but. In- I would say no one wants to play for the Bengals because uh, for coming from Carson Palmer's mouth, the Bengals organization is not interested in winning. He told this to Joe Burrow. Yeah. And he and Joe Burrow took that a light bulb lit up and realized I have all the power. I'm going to be the number one draft pick. I was just probably the best quarterback in college football history. I'm going to go play wherever the hell I want and pull an Eli Manning. So his upside is all in his hands at this point. And now organizations and old people all over the TV are like, oh, you go take your check, young man. Yeah, yes, but that now. is. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Even that is exactly what's happening. And I I. I don't know. It's the chicken or the egg argument, right? Like, is the argument that he should be grateful because he's a young man about to make a lot of money? Um, yes. I, I, yes. He, and I, well, I also, and I wish Nigel were here to talk about this, but, but he's just too busy in the woods doing God knows. Uh, but I, there's also, obviously, Joe Burrow was a white man, but there is, there, this has a lot to do with race, this topic. Not necessarily Joe himself, but the idea of 
coming because that's go take the thing. your money and yeah, put you're your head down. To take your money and kind of shut put your head up. Down, talk. Yeah, and, yeah, and shut up because you don't actually deserve this money. You're only getting this money because you were lucky enough to be really fast with a ball. Yeah. You know, you didn't. The idea earn of it. it being a privilege. Being yeah, a privilege. Exactly. It's a privilege. No, no, these people, these people have worked harder than you will ever work in your life. Yeah, yeah like the physical, this is, this is yeah. not a privilege. The physical stress these people put their bodies through is unparalleled to what Jerry Jones has ever done while being half drunk on yeah. uh, uh, Jerry Jones Johnny, Johnny was running around half drunk with a styrofoam cup of liquor in his backyard pool playing shooting shooting golf. That's what, that's what he does. Yeah, Joe Burrow uh, collapsed because his body gave out on him against Texas A&M, and they had to pump him full of uh, they had to pump him full of like liquids to rehydrate and bring him back to life. I don't think that's happening to like Steve Ballmer uh, when he's giving speeches at Microsoft. <laughs> I don't I don't think Bill Gates is like falling out of his seat because he's trying to figure out the latest algo for fucking Windows Open. I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening, but I love it. I love the big F you to the man. I think that it's, uh, it speaks volumes of our society that you're just supposed to like bow down. You know, if this were anything else, Ian, if this were you in your life, right? Let's say the Cincinnati, let's say there's corporations, right? There's these businesses and they want you. They got Yeah. And we'll just use, we'll just make comparisons. We'll say that one of these businesses is very similar to the organization of, Let's say the um, the Patriots. They've got a got an owner. They've got an owner who's willing to win. He wants to do the right things. They've got a coach who's gonna take whatever they get, and you're gonna get the best of them. And you, as an employee, you're thinking, I could probably fit into that system. Those guys, they got something that works really well. It's you know, it's proven. And then you got another organization. You say, uh, like uh, the Saints. Oh wow, the Saints. They got a really good defense. They've they've had a history of having successful people like me. Uh, involved in their, you know, organization, very similar to what I do right now uh, at the school I was at, or at the business I was at, or the Cincinnati Bengals business, the business that operates at a uh, net deficit every year. The only reason they make money is because of TV dollars. Uh, The office is not committed to winning or putting the best product on the field, period. And your colors are orange and black, and you're dressed like a big old goofy tiger. And your fans are arguably the worst fans in the NFL. I think they're the worst fans in fans, period. I think yeah, that across yeah, the yeah. board, and, and I mean, people love to complain about Cleveland fans, but, I mean, death threats at least to LeBron. They're, at least they're, they're not angry. Yeah. They're just happy they got a championship. Yeah, we have a friend, a friend that was like, I've only been to one NFL game, and they said the N-word there, and I'm like it was Cincinnati, wasn't it? Like, like it's the only place where you would get that behavior because <laughs> Alabama doesn't have a professional <laughs> football team, so they don't. Yeah. They don't have to say those things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they gotta they gotta leave my boy Joe Burrow alone, and uh, I would I think anybody would do the same thing. I think the instances of having this type of leverage in any sort of business yep. is very rare, and yep. when you have it, you Look. you play your card best you can. I think you. I think you said Joe Burrow sixty to one right now to win the MVP. Uh, I, I suggest you jump on that train before he goes to an actual good team. Um, <laughs> so there you go. There, there's our insider tip of the booth. Insider tip. Insider tip. Yeah, go. Uh, go put Joe Burrow on your fantasy team. Um, all bets involving Joe Burrow, just take him to win forever. Um, yeah, that's win our gambling forever. advice. 
Yeah. yeah. All prop bets, you know. Yeah, just put options everywhere. There's no ceiling. No strikes. Yeah. Oh, so the whole reason I wanted to get on here, I'm super excited. A topic the whole reason that, Shad made me get out of bed, yeah. put it on pants, and get in this camera yeah. was... Aim this camera at my crotch. And, yeah. So, involving two, some, two of my favorite things, right? You know, football, the police... <laughs> Yeah, the police. Chad yeah. loves the cops. Yeah. He loves the cops. So uh, one of my uh, one of our guys here, one of our Cleveland Browns, uh, Greg Robinson, uh, you know, trying to make a little side hustle a couple weeks after the NFL season uh, finishes up, and my man got arrested with 157 pounds of marijuana. Chad, can He's you even lift guy. 150 pounds or something? I could bench. I could cush press the weed. I could cush press Kush two press tons of weed. Okay. Yeah, if I had a is, rosin what, press, I could do it. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the process of a cush press? Uh, you get uh, you get hot iron plates, and you get uh, it's called rosin tech, and then you squeeze all the good juices. Are they like waffle irons? Kind of like a yeah. waffle iron? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, which is probably what he should have done with this instead of taking 157 pounds. Um, and then there was another dude who uh, plays somewhere else i think he was a cowboys lineman so it's two big old fat linemen that were which is the funniest thing in the world to imagine two giant 350 pound men six foot six yeah. trying to smuggle close to 200 pounds of weed are they doing this in texas where were they doing this why, why um, are they so dumb yeah okay so uh according to a criminal complaint by the dea uh robinson bray and an unidentified third person were driving from los angeles to louisiana in a rented car through a remote section of west texas when they passed a border patrol agent with a drug sniffing dog uh the dog detected the scent of marijuana the dog uh, is standing outside I, yeah this is insane the agent radioed they pulled him over. Head. They pulled him over because the suspension's all the way down this is probably what happened um, so they have, a, they're just like random checkpoints all up and down. So I bet that they just drove through one and had the dog around it and the dog quote unquote hit, but they, they had already sent them on their way. So they just radioed the next 60 miles. Like, Hey, we had this car, it hit, whatever. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. It doesn't yeah, I'd make sense. The cop, the, the cop probably wanted to arrest them, but he saw the two 240 pound lineman in the car and did <laughs> he not put it on the next guy so, yeah. put it on the next guy yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah can you go check this car out again i think there's ah, shit man <laughs> yeah that, i like that you're right whoever it was officer yeah. bar brady was not dealing with him yeah yeah i, I so, do the same thing uh okay so they uh they found uh glass jars packaging equipment all the weed uh, they said the unidentified passenger was an Uber driver who also uh, drove and ran errands for Robinson and his family and friends. The passenger showed agents cell phone texts that showed Robinson had offered to pay the passenger to claim ownership of the marijuana, according to the complaint. The text showed the passenger refused and would not have made the trip if aware of the drugs in the vehicle. The person was not charged. Oh, my gosh. So he just had his driver drive him from los angeles to louisiana and didn't tell him like why are we driving oh, i just want to drive <laughs> <laughs> i just need to get somewhere don't worry about it that's a uh, long uber trip yeah well Does he, do you pay that do you pay that through the uber app or do you just no, give I the think, man cash 
I think that was just happenstance. I think the guy just happened okay. to be an Uber driver. Like, that was his occupation. So he was an Uber driver and a private driver for the player. Okay. And the player had contracted him to drive. I don't understand why the player wouldn't have just contracted him to drive and not gone and been like, just take my luggage. Because if the guy's yeah, dumb enough to just... drive. Yeah. 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 L.A. to L.A. is not, not a fun drive. Uh, it's not at all. So I got so excited about this news. It, it got me thinking, like, I there's so many professional athletes that this has happened to and somebody that you don't even know of. So I put together a list of not necessarily the best, but certainly my what I find to be the most interesting, uh, the most interesting athletes busted for drug dealing. All of these are professional athletes. So honorable mention, yep. we left off, uh, you know. Um, Josh Cribbs with 100 pounds of weed in his dorm yeah. room, which, as far as I'm concerned, your furniture would have to be made out of weed, your computer, uh-huh. in order to get 100 pounds in there. Um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins had 30 pounds in uh, Kentucky oh, yeah. dorm room. The backpack. That, yeah, that was great. Yeah. You know, big yeah. deal. So these are all yeah. professional athletes. Perfect. Can we start Can we start with number two? I don't even have a two. I just... Oh, they're, 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 they're not just, even they're in just, order. They're not in order. I'm going to present them to you in, uh, you know, the order which I find them interesting. So Sam Hurd, we're going to go with Sam Hurd uh, <laughs> because we got a free Sam Hurd because I'm trying to cop a brick. So the story with Sam Hurd is uh, Sam Hurd was an active receiver in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. Um, I, this was in, what, 2011, I think, yeah. Um, so the deal with Sam Hurd is that he was caught – trying to buy drugs from a uh, DEA officer, and he claimed that he needed 1,000 pounds of marijuana a week and 20,000, or not 20,000, but 20 pounds of cocaine a week. So he was basically... That's a lot of drugs. He, well, he was basically supplying Chicago, I think, as the way that... Yeah. He, uh, prosecution put the story but sam Hurd's defense uh lawyer's defense was is that sam is an idiot and he was b- being braggadocious and that he could never have actually supplied that amount of drugs so um, yeah yeah if you're if you're talking that much if your mouth is that open you yeah, are not doing see, wait. well too bad for sam Hurd because he got sentenced to 15 years in 2000 <laughs> so sam Hurd is our uh first member on the list here um next we go back in time to 1995 um, this one's really interesting to me because pre.com bubble. This is, yeah, this, this is, is good. This is before the internet. This is like, uh, these are like real track phones coming out here. Yeah. This is Daryl Hen- uh, Henley and Daryl Henley played for, I believe the Rams. So I think they were the Los Angeles Rams at the time. Um, but what's so incredible about him is that he decided to, uh, traffic some cocaine. Well, he got busted trafficking the cocaine. I don't know what happened, if he was selling it to CAA or whatever. So you're like, wow, that's bad. That's really bad. He got sentenced to 20 years for trafficking cocaine. Well, that was what it was um, going to be for. Well, then he doubled down, and he attempted to hire a hitman to kill the judge. So <laughs> they found out about that. So they threw another 25 years at him. Or 21 years, rather. So he got sentenced to 41 years for uh, selling cocaine. Hey, you gotta put you gotta put rent on black. You miss. You gotta put the rest of your money on black. Yeah, you just gotta double down. So, and to continue with the double down, um, the double down theme here, Nate Newton. Uh, Nate Newton, I believe, was a uh, lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I think this was in the late '80s, early uh, '90s. I can't really recall. Um, no, it's in 2001. Okay, so he got arrested one week with 213 pounds of marijuana in his van. Like. 
he just got busted in the van. They were like, oh, fuck. Like, they found him. Was he living in the van? No, I think he was, like, at a gas station. These people always, like, just smell like weed. That's always, like, the biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always high and smell like weed. So that happens. Well, now he's in a pinch. So now he's got to get some legal money. He's got to get some stuff up. So a week later, after getting caught with 215 pounds, he gets caught with 175 pounds. An exact week later, trying to sell oh it God. to a CIA agent. So, <laughs> yeah, Nate, not going well for Nate. I don't know what he got sentenced to, but I'm sure that Nate is still in the clinker. Uh, we're going to switch sports up here. Um, I really like this one. This guy, uh, his name is Christian uh, Hasoy, I think it is. So Christian yeah, Hasoy was a, was a huge uh, vert skater in the 80s. Um, he was like, apparently was like a rival of Tony Hawk's and there was this really big deal going on. Well, he also happened to be a junkie and he got busted. Uh, he flew into Hawaii from, uh, Los Angeles, like at the peak of his career, like we're talking like being rivals with Tony Hawk and a growing sport, but he had a pound and a half of meth in his backpack at the, uh, Honolulu airport. So he, he yeah, what's, what's retail on a pound of meth in Honolulu? I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but he he did some he did uh he did some time for that um and then he was sentenced to an additional 15 years later in 2013 because he was uh trying to buy he was trying to buy more drugs same deal he was probably trying to buy more drugs to pay off the legal fees from the trial he was awaiting and, and whatever he gets, protection he had in prison yeah, you gotta, you gotta. There's a lot of things you gotta pay off when you go through this process. It's, it cannot be fun. I'm warning everyone listening, don't do it. So the last two are kind of cool entrepreneurial stories of drug dealing athletes. So this one is David Jenkins. Um, he was an Olympic athlete. Uh, he was busted in 1987. But what's so crazy about David uh, is that he once admitted to taking uh, PEDs. Um, that was kind of the only, the beginning. So he basically found out, holy shit, I'm good at these PEDs and I'm good enough to sell them and I know what they need. So he teamed up with some dude and they just started manufacturing steroids in Tijuana. Uh, and they were smuggling, they were smuggling them from LA to Los Angeles or from LA to Miami. Um, they were just making money, running steroids. Branded PEDs. I love it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the DEA said that they uh, netted anywhere from a hundred million to three hundred million dollars in profit. Um, and then yeah, everything that's a real came... racket. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't remember what happened, but they got busted, and uh, everybody got uh, sentenced to prison that year in 1987. But th- that's a pretty cool deal, dudes. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe they took my uh, gold medal away, but I'm still make a hundred mil off this. Still make a yeah. hundred mil easy. So this last group. These guys, this is a series of brothers, and these guys are way different in that everybody else on this list that we've mentioned was a professional athlete first. These guys used their drug-dealing fame to become professional athletes. And you're like, how the fuck does that happen? Well, uh, here in America, we have a little sport called IndyCar racing, and NASCAR literally was just started because people needed fast vehicles to run their moonshine with like that's all that's what nascar is built out of so for anybody who didn't know that uh so there's just these guys in the 70s called uh the whittington brothers and the whittington brothers were 
uh, adrenaline junkies. Like that was their trade. They were adrenaline junkies, but they were also just like had an airplane business and they were just drug dealers. So the famous story with these guys is that like back in um, the early days of the Le Mans, which is like a very famous indie race car in France, a Le Mans racetrack, um, you could in order for a lot of these teams to pay their way, you could pay a sponsorship. So Ian and I, if we wanted to go race, we could get some money together, like 20K a piece, and one of the teams would let us drive their car. So for 20K, and this is a 1970 money, you know, that's a lot of fucking money. So the two brothers go to the Le Mans, and they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're going to race on the Krimmer race team. And they get there, and the Krimmer guy's like, yeah, my racer's going to race first, and then you two are going to run, and then another guy's going to run. They're like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're, we're not. That's yeah. ridiculous. We're like, we get to drive. He's like, you don't get to drive. It's my race car. They're like, but we came here. We paid $40,000. <laughs> He's like, this is my travel experience. I paid this. I'm entitled yeah. to this car. And he's like, you can't have it. Like, it's my car. He's like, if you want to race it, you can buy the whole thing. And they're like, well, what do you want? And he's like, jokingly tells him like double what the car was worth. He's like, $200,000. And like, good, fine. Go back to our, uh, go, go back to our trailer. Take two hundred thousand dollars out of the duffel bag and not a dime more. So he does it, and these two brothers, these two freakish brothers from Florida, just win the Le Mans with no professional racing experience whatsoever. They just show up with $200,000, buy a car the day of. So now they're just professional race car drivers. So they just get in. <laughs> well, shit, we won. We won, Larry. Yeah, so now they're just, like, professional uh, drug-dealing race car drivers. So, like, uh, they won, like, a few more Le Mans, like, in the early 80s, and they were just cheating. Like, uh, one year, uh, they they won, and they found out that uh, there had to be a regulator on the fuel pumps, right, to like yeah. uh, so that everybody fuels at the same speed. They just bought the dude off. They were like, what are you making a year? And they paid him double his salary. And they bought yeah. his, they paid him off, put one of their dudes in a suit, and they were just using illegal money. Oh, meat. I love this. Oh. I love dude. this. Yeah. And then uh, they got, and then like a, like 30 years later, one of their cars got put in like the IndyCar Museum. And so they're like going through the car and they find a hole in the car. So they call the mechanic. He's like, oh, you found the hole? They're like, yeah, what the hell? He's like, you would put a nitrous bottle in there. And uh, people were saying like if you could watch their old races on the last lap, they would hit the corner of the speedway and they would turn the nitrous on and they'd hit like a thousand uh, horsepower for like the last half a mile and just roast people like it looked comical when you saw it and the car would make it just across the finish line and literally explode like the engine would just melt oh and then i they love just go, this they just go throw another forty thousand dollar engine in there because they didn't give a shit because they got all this money so they make so much money and they're just kicking everybody's ass that they eventually buy uh i think it's uh they purchase road atlanta which is like a huge speedway. And the thing that sets Road Atlanta apart from any other speedway in America is it had the only one that was long enough to be an airplane landing strip. So they, by night, they are flying cocaine and marijuana into their <laughs> racetrack. And apparently you can look up videos all around this uh, racetrack are like big semi-trailers filled with drugs. They're just flying yeah. in drugs. They're all over the place in plain sight. And these guys are just drug-dealing NASCAR drivers. It's just absolutely insane. So they finally got busted, uh, I think, cocaine dealing. But they were tied into, like, the Contra scandal. And, like, they were, like, they were like directly uh, flying for, like, CIA agents and stuff. Like, really crazy shit. Yeah, I need a, I need a, 30, on, I need a 30 for 30 on this. That's completely. what's crazy. Is that How do we, can we ship this to ESPN, this segment? 
um, push it over to them, have Stu Gatz do it. They will eventually. But the crazy thing about stock car racing, what I came to found, because I had heard this story because I'm like kind of a car person, I guess. Like I'm poor, but I'm interested. Um, And I'd heard this story. So I started looking into it and like, that is the history of IndyCar racing is criminals like buying. Oh yeah. The moonshine shit trading. Well, apparently at one point in time, there's an acronym uh, for like this, um, for this major league racing or whatever it is. And it was basically uh, the acronym forever was just thought to be the international marijuana smugglers association. Like all all these people were drug dealers. And I, I think uh, most of like seventies racing and 80s racing was funded by drug money. I mean, even take a look at John DeLorean. He tried to fund his, uh, you know, his oh, yeah. station through cocaine. But yeah, it's fascinating. And those stories are really a dime a dozen. Um, and perhaps... Yeah, the, the, pot, the pot ones, the football ones, are a dime a dozen like that. But the, the, this NASCAR one, the, the biggest come up in sports history is what I will call it. Yeah, I mean, they became professional. Like, that was what set them up. That's why I was so excited about it, because I was like, I can't wait to tell this story. Like, these guys are incredible. No one else buys their way into professional sports, except, like, freakish adrenaline junkies, which also kind of, (laughs) like, diminishes, like, the quality of athlete that we're like, oh, he's a beautiful race car driver. It's like, no, he's just rich. Like, he just... Yeah, he's just just rich, and uh, he doesn't like doing drugs, so he drives cars. Yeah, but back in the day, they were doing both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently. It's amazing. Atlanta Speedway, baby. Yeah. We're gone. Road I'm Atlanta. Going. Road Atlanta. Road Atlanta? Yeah. I'm in for it. I'm here for it. I'm all about it. Well, that is literally all I had to talk about, Ian. Yeah, that's all I had to talk about, too. That was great. Good. Um, yeah. we, we're, hitting, we're, hitting, we're hitting upper bar right now on uh, time. This is lovely. Feels great. Yeah, it's like we did. Like we, it's like it's like we didn't leave. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm trying to get these Delante Wilder cuts. Mm. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Who who you got here? Are we getting this uh, up before the fight, or are we gonna make a prediction? Uh, what do you want to do? What's your betting advice? I know nothing about boxing, um, but I know there's gonna be some punches thrown. Put some money on the tough guy. On the big guy. On the big one. Put the money on the, on big, the big guy. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. All buy I know is they. I'd imagine they Frankenstein together that white that white bloody D back um, back together, but uh, we'll see what Fury does to him again. But yeah, go go buy Tim Stock tickets. He got he got a T Mills on Instagram something or other. He got an Eventbrite. I'm sorry, Timmy. I don't know your Instagram offhand. Um, T Millions. I could try to say I'm sorry, but that won't be. Quiet enough to let you know pain that I feel, and it just won't let up. Oh, it feels like the sky is falling and the clouds. Control.